the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Some people ask questions from the Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. Oh, brother. <laughs> John, you get funnier every week, I tell you. <laughs> Anyway, we are glad to be aboard with you tonight. Thank you for joining us for the Bible Live. We finished the book of Genesis this past week, uh, reading through these chapters of the first book of the Bible. So that's going to be the uh, the main amount of our discussion this evening on the program here. We're going to kind of rehash and go back over what we've seen from the book of Genesis. Although on uh, Friday uh, this past week, we left the book of Genesis and read the first, how many chapters? The first uh, six chapters, I believe it is, yeah, of the book of uh, the Exodus. We'll probably keep our remarks on Genesis tonight, though. Let's let's summarize what we get from the book of Genesis uh, and tonight. And I'm going to invite you to join with us, 210-340-9585, 210 210- Three four zero ninety five eighty five. That's the Bible Live line here in the studio. We'd love to have you give us a call if you'd like to. If you have a comment, if you have a question, and maybe we'll put out some questions uh, that will intrigue you, and we'd love to hear from you your thoughts. And we're going to focus uh, as best we can tonight on okay, what now that we've read the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis, which means the beginning, and and what we see in the book of Genesis is. Um, the pattern, the design is put into place. In other words, in the book of Genesis, now we see uh, the creator, we see the world around us, we see that it is created for our benefit, for our, for our pleasure, for our provision as the human race. Uh, there are some basic principles put in place surrounding all of its surrounding. The idea is that God has created the human race uh, in order to draw out of this these uh, out of the human race a people for himself in other words uh, unlike the animal kingdom we are made in god's image we have intellect we have emotion we have will we have that that freedom to decide what we're going to believe and what are going to be our priorities how we're going to behave and just generally how we're going to live. We make those decisions. Uh, in that sense, 
we are what 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 Satan told Eve in the garden is that you won't die you'll become like God in that you will know the difference between good and evil you well in a certain way yeah. he was right he was telling the truth kind of a, a truth but just more or less a half truth uh like him which he yes yeah he uh which he would have understood that principle very well yeah. if indeed he made the wrong decision himself and is suffering the consequences of that. But uh, then we see that decision take place, and then uh, Eden, that paradise is lost. And so we move then to the reality of Adam and Eve uh, being now free moral agents, able to... Uh, Reason, having intellect, emotion, and will, but having the ability to decide now what we're going to believe, how we're going to live, uh, and what kind of a worldview we're going to adopt that will guide us in our behaviors. And not only Adam and Eve, but then Cain and Abel and Seth and their children and their children's children and their children's children. And we see the pattern set uh, in in the world. Um I don't know, Stacy. You want to jump in here and help me out a little bit? We're trying to, sure. we're trying to take the book of Genesis now. If it means something to us, if it can help us uh, as God's people today, uh, people who honor God and want to follow God and His design, then wh- what we do? What do we learn from the book of Genesis? Uh, what well, are those principles that are put in place that and are they're viable even today? Right, we're thousands of years later Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but the same principles are at work Mm -hmm. uh, and and we see that even in the book of genesis and especially we're going to see it tonight the the portion that we turned once we turned the corner we went to uh abraham and then we saw abraham's uh his life is a little messy and then it gets messier and then it becomes isaac and then isaac and then jacob and then Mm -hmm. boy it's really beginning to get skewed now and things have really messed up good things happen to bad people and uh, and good people doing terrible things and and it, it, and you kind of lose sight of what's going on and and how we're supposed to be behaving mm-hmm. uh, well i just was going to sit a little bit longer on what you said about uh good and evil and knowing uh being like god uh and in a way Eve did come into that understanding by choosing not to obey. Right. And uh, and I think at the heart of it, you said that there's uh, we are made in God's image, and that means freedom and volition and free will and uh, intellect and emotions. And um, and I always, you know, that that freedom at the without which there really wouldn't be love i believe you can't really have a loving relationship if there is not freedom in the yeah, relationship it has to, to, be mutual, to not love mutual choice right, right. Mm-hmm. it's not love if you don't have any option but to love mm-hmm. and uh or if, if you're somehow you're forced right some other way you might be forced right to, to love someone or or i to, guess you can't do that mm-hmm. and so i i think at the you know at the heart of the relationship that god intended intended it was meant to be a loving you know, relationship, and I think what Eve in in or a relationship that Adam and Eve chose <laughs> to engage in, to be a part of, a loving, des- a desired, and so when they 
disobeyed and when they, you know, as long as they were choosing obedience and choosing and, and, re, re, and within, you know, freely choosing God, it was uh, loving. And, and then when she did not, I mean, it was no less her choice and sort of godlike. It's a little hard, hard thing to say, but, mm-hmm. um, but she, so she, uh, it became a prideful uh, one based on envy, one based on pride, one based on, and I, I always just thought that was an interesting. And then you in the past have jumped to, you know, of course, this Jesus and the second Adam, and he had that choice as well, and he came to know good and evil, but by choosing good, and I guess maybe and he got killed for and it, and he got killed for it, sure. Um. But he willingly laid that he, you know, and we were the choice <laughs> in a way. But, that, but that's guess, part of the messiness, isn't it? Right. Kind of. Well, and I guess there's the so Jesus um, chose, you know, chose wisely. I guess he he uh, he never broke fellowship. He uh, and he he we were that joy that laid before him. We mm-hmm. were the root. We he got us. Um, I think with. Eve, I've just always thought we each have that choice. We approach the choice, though, from the side of already having been brokenness. We know what evil is. We know good and evil. We are still created in God's image, mm-hmm. and we equally have that choice. But we come from it on the side of already brokenness. Mm-hmm. And and Eve had that choice, and she came from, from the side of perfect unity and mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. having been broken. And maybe that's a little bit of of Genesis and of kind of the, it all though revolves around that choice. <laughs> and in the end, you know, it will be sorted in terms of, you know, what, what the world around us or what's happening. God is in the, you know, he is in the process of redeeming it all. He is in the process of overseeing all of it, bringing all the pieces together. Somehow it's going to all work according to plan. Our responsibility is to, with what is set before us, in the, to, to choose him. To be right to and do right where we are, where we live, each day, what we do, the people we know right. in our particular right. setting, mm-hmm. to be right and do right as best we can know how to do that in, in the world, even as broken, weak creatures mm-hmm. that we are and living in a broken world. Right, and, we'll, and, and we will inevitably do broken be do broken things. I mean, we will, uh, we will not be able to see clearly. We will, uh, we will, we will fail in 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 many ways. I mean, but ultimately, we having to trust God to those things and to those, and there are consequences. Um, you know, in each one of these stories in Genesis. You know, they're they're yeah, it's very messy, and they experience the weight of the consequences of the messiness. But he uses, and and so, and and that can be hard. But that's also cultivating character and a humility and a reminder that we are not God. Mm-hmm, <laughs> we have mm-hmm. can be like him, and that we can have, um, you know, that freedom and that free will. But we are not, and and that humility is so important. And God will. And, and there's forgiveness, and God will use use it. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you think, uh, um, is it possible that I'm confusing folks that we're inviting you into our conversation this evening, into our thought processes, as we kind of rehash 
And as we kind of think through the book of Genesis that we've read together, that we've studied and we've looked at together, some of it, we're going to finish tonight as we pick up with, uh, we, we've gotten as far as the life of, of um, Jacob, Jacob and Laban, Jacob working for 20 plus over 20 years up there for his uh, his uncle Laban. And now he comes back. He's got two wives and two concubines, and he's got 12 sons and a daughter named Dinah. And, you know, he's uh, he at least Jacob now has become Israel for one. He wrestled with his God name is won. changed to uh, Israel, which means he wrestled with God and won. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and maybe that I kind of like personally that picture of us. We we are now part of the people of God. We as who have come to faith in, in uh, Christ and we've come to be reconciled to God. We're. We are from all of our different backgrounds, uh, European, Asian, all of the planes, uh, South America, Africa, wherever we come from, Native American, we're, we come from all these different backgrounds. And yet now, because of our faith in Christ, we've become the people of God. We have become Israel. Mm-hmm. And because I like the idea, that because in a way, each of us in our own way, in our own shape, in our own history, our own story, yeah. We've somehow wrestled with God. Oh, yes. We've we've had to struggle with not only the concept intellectually, but yeah. the idea of, of yielding and bowing to God to yep. to honor Him, to to give Him the importance of our to make Him the centerpiece of our existence mm-hmm. here. And so we've wrestled with God, and yet our wrestling has been, you know, in in a way, like you said, we're our intent is right. We want to be his and live for him and honor God. And yet we fail individually. And then when we look at the world around us, it's so messed up and we don't know exactly what, are we supposed to be changing this world? Are we supposed to be bringing about, you know, God's justice and his kingdom in this world, which, which we know we can't do because it's a broken world. And when, and, so that's why when I say messiness, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I'm just simply saying that uh, if we look at the world of Genesis, we see that sin has messed up the design. Sin and selfishness and and and, uh, and not only just not theologically here, but we, we we want what we want when we want it, and we want a lot of it, and we want more of it, and we I want to we got givers and takers, and we got this and that, and <laughs> and we we're breaking all the rules uh, in our economic systems, in our in our government systems, and so on. God has put these principles in place that uh, it's just by design. It seems good and evil coexist here. It, it, it it's a it's a wild, wild kind of world here. And, and what difference are we as the people of God supposed to make? And, and when you take a look at our story tonight, and we're going to start this in our second segment, we're going to take a look now then at Jacob, at his 12 sons. We see that the children he bored from those four women, now they, as these 12, they don't live in perfect harmony. They dislike each other. They're jealous of each other. They sell their brother Joseph into slavery, uh, and they make some terrible mistakes and terrible decisions. And they deceive their dad. You know, they so his this 
coat. Uh, and even their dad messes up because he shows and makes it clear. I have a favorite among my children. You know, mm-hmm. Joseph is my favorite. And and I go, I, I'm assuming that's a mistake for a parent to do, right? <laughs> <laughs> Unless I'm the favorite. Unless then it's you're just the favorite. Fine. No problem. Then, no, it's all right, Dad. <laughs> go right ahead. No, but, but then, you know, he, the family life is messed up, the family experience, the children make mistakes. Then the next thing you know, you've got... His children are making their mistakes, you know, having, I mean, doing all kinds of things that we would think of as immoral and wrong um, in, in their family lives. And and yet still, you know, the idea is that through all of that, God is at work, even in the broken people's lives and even, you know, the consequent, and even where it comes to, and then, and then they're going to get down into Egypt. And, and yeah. Well, there's that classic, you know, what what you meant for evil, God turned and made good. And I think that's that's in terms of us trying to manipulate and kind of create whatever it might be. I think oftentimes it's in just surrender, and it's in it's it's when we <laughs> it's. It's in surrender, or it, that that we actually find more worth and more um, identity and more uh, influence than ever before. You know, in any when we try to bring things about, when we try to work, and I think too, it's a lot. Um, it's a lot. Well, it is kind of. You know, I say that. But then you do you do read the story of T- Tamar, or you read <laughs> about Rebecca. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but in a way, too, I, you know, I think God uses our instincts and re- uses our sort of our passions, uses our um, what what we're kind of feeling led to do. And I don't. It's a, it's a fine line. It's kind of between sort of manipulation versus and versus this is what I really God's calling me to to do, or. Um, and trusting that he's working in in those passions or in those uh, in those ways. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just not it's not what we would expect in the sense of okay, now we're part of God's people and we're going to be part of the good guys and we're going to wear the white hats and we're going to do the right things and we're and we're going to win in the victory. You know, we're going to we're going to win. We're going to make we're going to bring about this special. Uh, and, and all of us, at some level, I think there's there's some kind of expectation of that, and yet the the principles are still there. They work, but they work in a broken world, and that I think is something that causes confusion uh, sometimes. You mean in terms of why maybe good things to bad people? That classic yeah, kind of confusion. Yeah, the whole thing, and that. And like the whole idea that here comes the Son of God and he humbles himself and is broken and he becomes one of us to love us and to and he's and he's just and he's fair and he's good and he and he teaches rightly he teaches right living and loving your loving the Lord your God with all your heart mind and strength loving your neighbor as yourself and he he's a model he lives it out perfectly and he teaches it and what does he get for it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he gets wrongly convicted in a, in a kangaroo trial, and he gets murdered mm-hmm. and and killed. And and it it just 
it, it, it is, um, and, and of course that's talking about Jesus, but we, we see the pattern is set right here too. In, 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 in the book of Genesis, we see the, the, that is the pattern is that we live now in a broken world and that God is at work in and through and with his people, but we're very imperfect people. And, and it looks to me like the most important thing going is the harvest. Whatever else might happen, and I know that doesn't make some people happy because they want to see this world change, and I do too. I want us to be good people, right people. I want to see uh, the lying, cheating politicians thrown out. I want to see the, the 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 deceptive, lying, and deceiving media. I mean, we all see these things going on around us, and the misuse of power and the the manipulation, <laughs> lot, but. But we can't do anything about it. You're picking picking on the two favorites there, politicians and media. <laughs> <laughs> well, How about in general life? Yeah, lying and this, <laughs> and there's far more than that, too, uh, going on. And, and, of course, and then there comes my own weaknesses, my own life, yeah, and the, what yeah. I, the mistakes I make. Right. So it, it, it's... Um, well, and so it, 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 that's the book of Genesis, right. and though, I, really. And I think we are, though, called, I mean, I, to, to, I think, uh, our past, you know, pushing back... The, um, push back the the darkness of sin and you know I, I think that that's the good and faithful I think that that's the uh, the fight that's the race that we run that's what Paul I mean and, and it's it is a hard this life is not easy it's picking up our cross it's it's doing in a way what really is impossible and yet you know all things through him are possible and I think you're right you know we probably will never ultimately see that until on this side of of eternity on this side of of i guess death and but we never know what these how these things are playing out in eternity we don't know exactly what uh i always i've always liked how you said uh in terms of prayer and the importance of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. knowing god talking with him hearing him and in walking in obedience with him, knowing his word, um, and and the power of prayer. That if we knew, you know, yeah. someday we're going to get to heaven, and we're going to, if we if we knew, how we only knew, right? really how how important our prayers are, and what he's doing on on his end as we're here, mm-hmm. um, we'd be doing way more of that. Um, mm. But we will get to see it. You know, I don't think that it's. Nothing is is in vain. Nothing is meaningless when you're bringing him into it, even if it might feel as if you know it's a losing battle. I mean, that's just it. He really has already won. <laughs> you know, you talk about the yeah. cross and that crucifixion, and yet that was the moment. I mean, we he, yeah. he has already won it for us. And I see. I, I suppose then that our our we're reduced to reduced to. I don't know if it's the right word, but uh, s- small. Small victories, either yeah. personal in our own lives, in our own families, our own surroundings, our own setting at our yeah. workplace, or so, we're re- to small victories and maybe even just temporary, yeah. and then, but n- the idea is that, but that someday, someday all will be 
Yeah. Uh, all evil will indeed be eliminated. And yeah. All will be indeed made we, right. We just read Revelation. Yeah, yeah, okay. we just read that. So I guess maybe we just, we we just got, read the end. Don't, but don't we read the end? So we got to <laughs> stay with it. Well, we're at, we we're just finishing up this week with the beginning, and so that's that's what we're trying to set the stage for. We're we talked about Adam and Eve, and then the, Cain and Abel and Seth, and moving on then to to uh, Noah and the the flood, the judgment of God fell. Then in all of this time, we see God at work putting in place these essential basic elements of our existence as human beings, the languages and cultures and different societies and so on. And then this this world with all of these egos bouncing across on each other and so on. In this world, God is at work to call out a people for himself and that we we then if we become part of god's people we we're to live for him by his power trusting him as best we can in our own lives and then whatever influence we can exert in our family our communities our neighborhoods our nation or whatever then then we're to be the people of god and god is working out the plan clearly though we see that in spite of all of the messiness mm-hmm. the complications and the complexities God is at work, and that's I guess right. the the sum total of Genesis is in spite of all the the fall of man into sin and the wickedness of humanity and all the lies and the deception and the mistakes that are made along the way, God is at work, yeah. and he is it does seem that a lot of uh is he he's in the in the process of humbling the proud and and lifting up the humble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it does seem like a lot of the stories um, involve a lot of character, you know, some, some real character building. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, we've got we're gonna come back. There's our music for our, our first segment is up. We're just kind of giving you the background of what we're going to kind of walk through now. We come up with Jacob. He's got his 12 sons. We're going to talk about uh, Joseph now, his his adventure as he, he gets sold by his brothers down into slavery, down into Egypt. We're going to talk about uh, Tamar. We're going to talk about uh, Judah. We're going to talk about Reuben, the mistakes that they've made along the way. Uh, and then all along, though, throughout this entire process with Joseph and his brothers and the we're going to be looking, seeing the hand of God at work to not only in the lives of those individuals for their time, preserving them, but we see the big picture of how he uses that to continue and extend the, the human race to continue to draw out of the people of every nation, every tribe, of every language around the world for himself. So that's, uh, that's just our introduction to the book of Genesis. We'll come back in it right after this break and get into the, some of the more of these details. We'd love to hear from you tonight if you have a thought on any of this big picture uh, perspective of the book of Genesis. 210-340-9585. Don't go away. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar.
Suzanne Shelton, with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway, has taken care of the Dollar family, that's Suzanne and me, plus our three children, for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to DrShelton.com or call 590-7878. Christ the everlasting light, sun of righteousness rise and triumph these shades of This is the Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. This is uh, happy first Sunday of Advent. That's yeah. right, and and not I guess not all of Christendom observes. You Baptist, mainly, uh, the Baptist. <laughs> we, <laughs> we Baptists are on the outside of this. I think I'm not sure. I Maybe know. it's changed since I was a kiddo. But <laughs> our, our liturgical brothers and sisters, they have this this wonderful idea Season, of yeah. the, the four. What is it? Four Sundays or five Sundays it's leading five up su- to uh, five Sundays leading up to. So there's four candles on the wreath. The fifth uh, candle is the Christ candle, and uh, the wreath represents. I mean, the, it just this is just in terms of the wreath, mm-hmm. um, but the wreath symbolizes kind of the crown, the thorns, the crown, uh, you know, turned into the holly. And uh, the first candle lit was the candle of hope and representing, you know, hope. Right now we're in a season of waiting. We are wait. We, we know that he's coming. We know the Messiah is coming. Oh, that is that terrible word again, waiting. Waiting, <laughs> patience. That's what oh. we, that, that's kind of comes into what Genesis, we're talking absolutely. about tonight. Is right. it, yeah. It's, but what do we do while we're waiting? We're not here just twiddling our thumbs. We're, right. We're hoping. We wait with we're, purpose. We're, we're lighting <laughs> candles where we, we are. We're being a light in the darkness um, where, we, where we can be. Um, and, and, we're, and we're hoping. We're hoping on the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> well, that I can, I, I get it. And it seems like that is an actual very good application yeah. of the basic principles of Genesis. Right. Let, let's get into the book of Genesis. Our phone number, folks, is 210-340-9585. Um, love to have, hear from you. If you have something to offer, something to say, a question to ask, or maybe a question to answer. We've, we've actually asked more questions tonight, I believe, than <laughs> we're probably answering. Because, Do you have any answers for us? Uh, yeah, yeah. Bring in some of your answers and thoughts. As I, I'm I'm sure you've thought of some of these same issues as we read, either as you read the book of Genesis, as you read the scriptures, 
uh, or as you live in the world we live in today with all of its problems and difficulties and complications. At times it looks like deceit and wickedness and selfishness have won the day and every, you know, with everything is going downhill. But maybe not. That's right. the whole point. That's maybe right. there is something going on beyond what we know about and that our role is to stay in the saddle of, of hope and to stay in the saddle of living uh, as righteously as we know how to live, loving each other, helping others, loving other people, do, doing right, being right, and then letting God somehow miraculously do uh, the miracle that we, we all know that we need in our, in our day. Resting in him, mm-hmm. resting in, in that. Mm-hmm. Well, let's move, let's move from, from Jacob now. He's, he's come back from all of his troubles uh, 20 plus years, Jacob has gone a long, long journey to come to faith. Uh, he, he, of course, knew his Isaac, his dad, Rebecca, his mom. Uh, he knows about the God of Abraham, Isaac, his dad, and, and now Jacob. He knows about Jehovah. He knows about um, the covenant promise with his with his grandparents and his parents, and he knows that he's in that. In that lineage, in that line to serve God, walk with God, and that God will bless them and keep them and use them to be a blessing to the world. That's, that's the covenant that, that, that they have with, with their God. And, you know, he's been told this by his grandfather and then now his dad. And finally now Jacob has come back himself full circle to faith in God, to trusting God, devotion to God. And yet he's doing that in his own messy, messy world. <laughs> two wives, two concubines, and 12 sons, all jealous of each other, competing with each other. He, he definitely lives in the real world. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you know, that's about as complicated and messed up a world as it, as it seems like you could have. Okay, so let, let's go into it now. What happens is, let's take a look at this opening passages here. We, we started in chapter 36. We're introduced now to Joseph. Here Jacob is back in Canaan, back in the, the promised land of his uh, parents and grandparents. And he has these sons. His favorite, obviously, is this young man named Joseph. Why is he... Why is Joseph his favorite? He is Rachel's son. Yeah, the love yeah. of his life. Mm-hmm. His true love was Rachel, evidently. Uh, remember, he he, got, he had to work seven years to win her hand, win her hand in marriage, and then somehow crazy sort of deception. He ends up getting Leah, the older sister, instead of Rachel, mm-hmm. and so then he has to work seven more years to win Rachel's hand. But he's now he's got two wives. And then they start this competition to have children, and so we have all these sons from them, and they're, uh, you know, it, it's okay. Now Joseph, though, is is uh, the son of Rachel, and Rachel's no longer living; she died in childbirth. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so with, with Benjamin, with Benjamin, mm-hmm. and so you know, in a way, it's it's kind of understandable um, that. Jacob would have some partiality to Joseph. Um, I guess so. And I guess that's just a fact of life. 
Would that be one of our parental lessons of the evening is don't show partiality <laughs> to your <laughs> Otherwise children? Otherwise, your other children might try to kill the children <laughs> yeah. of the child. They might just jump, they might try to sell him, you <laughs> know. To slavery. To, yeah. Okay. Well, that's what happened. They And, of course, Joseph didn't help his case an awful lot. No. Because, you know, his dad gave him this beautiful coat of many colors, which which beyond just the idea evidently it it showed his partiality Mm -hmm. and joseph didn't hesitate to wear it around and kind of let his brothers enjoy the sight of him in that beautiful multicolored coat and uh, and then joseph also had these dreams yeah so here we have this guy who's a dreamer and he has these dreams about uh, the sun, the moon, the other stars bow to him, uh-huh. you know, his brothers and sisters. And they're, they have... Uh, they don't take to that very No, no. Well. <laughs> Somehow they didn't find that nearly as they interesting like or humorous or anything as he did. And they didn't like that a whole lot. So they... they um, <laughs> and they're not, they're not very reserved in their response either. It's not like, okay, let's, let's pull this, you know, let's... Let's be passive-aggressive. Yeah. No, they skip no. that. They yeah. just go straight to aggressive. Let's, let's kill him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then one of them finally says, well, you know, we probably shouldn't kill him. Reuben, the oldest, said, let's, not kill, let's just sell him into slavery right. to these. Okay. <laughs> anyway, they do that, okay? They do that. And so here this this young guy who who hadn't really done anything particularly evil or wrong that yeah. we know about. Well, and, you know. and they're all pretty young. I mean, when you... Yeah. And, and I, you know, again, maybe the genesis and the kind of the be- the beginning, um, maybe this is just a, you know, in, what is it? Uh, youth is wasted on the young. Or, no, no. Yeah, youth is youth wasted, is wasted on, on, on the young. young. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> well, uh, they, they, uh, they went out. They're and, learning and, their lessons. Okay. And so he ends up getting sold to a caravan of of traders mm-hmm. and they take him down into Egypt they deceive their dad they take that beautiful coat of many colors and they dip it into some goat's blood or something like that uh-huh. and then they take that and say a wild animal came and killed and they didn't have forensic sciences like they didn't have DNA and all that he couldn't establish it it wasn't uh, Joseph's blood and and so he lost his son and that's yeah. it and they all lived with that yeah. the brothers went on yeah. life went on and they got rid of joseph i i don't I, I i think they did have a little trouble we'll see later on in the story they they did they didn't just they weren't able to do that and just forget about him yeah. uh but okay so that happens then the next thing that happens is that a famine hits mm-hmm. all of the kind of the known world comes up through Canaan and so on. Um, and a famine hits and, and they don't have any food. Right. And let's see, just before that, do we have the story of Judah? And uh, you say they kind of go on and, and life, uh, but Tamar and Judah come just after he is sold. Is that right? Am I? That's exactly right. Then you have this chapter 38. Chapter 37 is, is that uh, he gets sold into slavery. Mm-hmm. For, uh, for uh, 20 pieces of silver, too, it, by the way. 
Is that going to be one of our questions? I hope not. Yeah, it is one of our questions. Yeah, how much? How much was he sold for? Twenty pieces of silver, or a shekel? Anybody ever offers you twenty pieces? (laughs) Twenty? Don't don't take it. (laughs) It's not. It's a. It's 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 not worth it. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. So he 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 gets sold. They're gone now. Then, and you come to chapter thirty-eight. All of a sudden, the narrative breaks off from talking about Joseph. And, and it talks yeah. about Judah. Yeah. It goes into this story about Judah. Now, uh, my understanding is that the reason it was put in there in that place is because it's juxtaposing. Good word, huh? Big hey. word. It's putting together side by side the example of Joseph in his purity, in his innocence, in his goodness. And he's putting it up against uh, Judah. Here, and of Judah of all the brothers, which is kind of interesting because, for example, Jesus is of the tribe Mine of Judah. Of the tribe of Judah. Yeah, um, interesting. But Judah goes, and, and, and then you get into this little episode of J- Judah moves away. He gets married to a Canaanite woman in the first place. He shouldn't have done that. He's not, ideally, though, he's not supposed to do that, right, um, as we understand. But at least they they... Evidently, they're trying to follow the God, their their God, Jehovah God, and they're trying to. Uh, so he m- marries her. Then he has children, uh, and his he arranges for his firstborn son Er, E R Er. <laughs> I don't know what to do with that, but to marry a young woman named Tamar. But Ur was a wicked man in the Lord's sight, so the Lord took his life. So Tamar's husband dies. Then Judah says to Ur's brother Onan, you're supposed to go to marry Tamar now, and as our law requires, so that uh, if your brother dies, so that she can have an heir, you have to produce an heir for your brother. Now, all of this is very foreign to us in our culture today and all, but that was the norm and the, that was considered the moral, the right thing to do. But Onan didn't want to do that because he didn't want to have a child who would not be his own heir. And so he got, you know, the money thing. He didn't want thing, Ur's heir. He, 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 <laughs> Ur didn't want an heir. <laughs> he didn't want Ur to be his heir. That is. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Well, he, well. That's not the only thing. I mean, you know, I wonder if they laughed about it. No, I don't guess they did because the word heir wouldn't be. So he says, go and marry Tamar, as our law requires, or the brother of a man who has died. You must produce an heir for your brother. But he wouldn't do that. Uh, So he would not have a child with Tamar. So the Lord took his life, too. And that's what it says. So the Lord Mm -hmm. took Onan's life, too. So. This is not something going on in the, in, right. in the God doesn't know about. God's involved in this yeah. this messiness and this yeah. what's going on. And he takes Onan's life. So then Judah says to Tamar, oh. go back to your parents' home, remain a widow until my son Shelah, he has another is old enough to marry you. But Judah didn't really intend to do this because he was afraid Shelah would also be die like his own. Oh. He, so he thinks probably Tamar is it's got something wrong with her, and anyone that marries her is going to die. So anyway, years later, Judah's wife dies, and he's going. Uh, he, his Judah and his friend 
Hira the uh, Adulamite, they go to see Timnah to supervise the shearing of his sheep. And someone tells Tamar. Now, Tamar knows he hadn't kept his word. And so she goes out and she dresses up like a prostitute. Mm-hmm. And and he, prop- he, this godly, wonderful man, propositions well, her, yeah. which I don't know where that comes from. And she goes along with it. And, and they do the deed, and then uh, he promises uh, he'll send her payment. Uh, and so he gives uh, the, the price. He said, "What? What were the guarantee of, that you're going to pay me?" He said, "Well, leave your ID, your identification seal. I guess his social security card or something. <laughs> he left that with in, in its cord in the walking stick you're carrying." So Judah gave those to her. Evidently, Judah was trying to be. He was going to be. Yeah. A, an honest, consequent fornicator here. <laughs> and so he goes home, uh, and she goes home, and she goes back to her home, and, and he goes, well, then out of that experience... She's pregnant. She's pregnant. Yeah. She's now with child. And... They try to pay... They, they, and they, go, tell, they try to pay her, and she, they can't find her. They say there, there's no prostitute here. Well, no, somebody, somebody goes and tells... Right. Uh, uh, what's his name? Well, Judah. Judah. They go tell Judah, and so Judah says, "Well, she's got to die, and we, we so we've got to take her out mm-hmm. and kill her because mm-hmm. that's the penalty for for that." Yeah. And so he's they're going to kill her, and so she says that the man who did this. Uh, and so then she presents the this. Is she the presents those evidences. The evidence. and the, Judah, that it's him. Very. Agree. I mean, Judah very rightfully. Judah says, "Bring her out, let her be burned." And then she said, "The guy who did this is wearing this is his walking stick, and these are his this is his social security card." <laughs> and and so Judah recognized him immediately, and he says, "She is more righteous than to his credit. She yeah. is more righteous than I am because I didn't arrange for her to marry my son Shayla." Yeah. And Judah never slept with Tamar again. I think, it's, I, think I mean, I, I don't know. You say it's inserted in there as kind of a juxtaposition, juxtaposition between mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Judah and Joseph. But I, I don't know. To me, it just shows God's, he's still there. He's still moving. He's active in, in the brothers' lives as well as, and then we'll come mm-hmm. to Joseph, and he's, he's mm-hmm. there working as well. Um, but to just, that just kind of, this is the humility. This is the the character building. This is the that's happening in Judah's life, as all of this stuff is unfolding yeah, in yeah, Egypt. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, to me, it just uh, it's setting the the stage for then what happens when Judah and Joseph actually yeah. reconcile. Definitely, definitely. I mean, here it is. We're talking about this the good son Joseph and doing the right thing, doing the thing, and the bad thing that happens to him, mm-hmm. and then you have Judah and. Supposedly a good guy who does a bad thing to to and, him. And bad is, things happen to him. Yeah. He loses his sons yeah. and all this. But then he's dishonest and unjust right. to Tamar. And the kicker, the kicker, yeah. there is a kicker, yeah. is that Tamar is one of the four women yeah. that ends up being in the lineage, in the, yeah, the ancestry so, of Jesus the yeah. Messiah. So Judah and Tamar's children uh she has perez. she gives birth mm-hmm. and they're twins and yeah. perez is in the lineage of jesus of jesus so tamar in doing that um sets, contributed, sets, to, contributed to to, the, mm-hmm, to, to bringing about the messiah, bringing the messiah <laughs> into the world I, I, yes 
So there it is. There's no way to soft pedal that or yeah, even I, understand it. But really. I do, and I well, I do think the 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 hum, the humility of Judah. I mean, the uh-huh. I think that to me, that's what stands out the most. His, I mean, he could have still been angry. I guess. I mean, he, yeah. maybe he had absolutely no way around what you know that, but he really seemingly just soft hands up. I sort you know softens. And yeah. He uh, he definitely uh, he definitely realized he owned up to it, and, yes, and, and that's right. one of the things. And we're going to see that later on. Yeah. That's a tendency in Judah, yeah. even after they get down into Egypt, and they and that's hard to they do. have to deal with the reality that Joseph is still alive. Yeah. And they did this to him. Right. And and Judah is the one who has to own up to it, mm-hmm. and tell Joseph, uh, "I'll stay. Yeah. I, th- we can't." Isn't that sweet? So, I mean, yeah. it just, it, God's moving in Judah's heart, too. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess so. I guess so. And yet it's, it, it, messy is the word. Sure. I, I mean, I, I, I mean, I know maybe some folks don't like me saying that word, but, but it, it, it isn't just pretty, 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 pretty ideal as you, it's the real world problems and difficulties and complications and so on, failures, and yet the God works in it, with it, through it, around yeah. it, and yeah. He causes, He can make good ultimately come of it in the lives of the individuals and in the big picture as well. That that's that's what we see here. Mm-hmm. Well, so let's go back to Joseph. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And uh, most of this is a fairly well known, probably one of the most well. Yeah. So we don't maybe don't have to spend too much time on that. He gets down to Egypt. Yeah. What happens to him, Stacy? Go from there. Well, he uh, gets to Egypt. He. Uh, has this idea the famine hits he has an idea about well he gets sold right first sure yes there's that (laughs) (laughs) he ends up in um potiphar in the uh serving in the household of potiphar and he makes a name for himself by doing a good job interpreting the dreams um by doing a good job smart he doesn't do any dreams yet i don't think right i guess he's a smart guy he's put in charge of the household he's he's becomes the administrator that for all of potiphar's household everything but his wife yeah and even she makes a play for joseph evidently evidently a handsome guy or some uh, we we don't not sure of this but um by the way, can I tell you something, a little detail that I learned sure. when I went out and visited your big brother, your older brother, w- went to school at Stanford. Mm-hmm. I went out and visited him one of those times. It just visited a week. I forgot how long it was, but I attended some of his classes and and um, with him and so on. And I attended one of his history classes. And it's really interesting that the 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 hep, ha, Hi, mm. You always forget this. Story. I forget the <laughs> hi, hypo the hippo hippo starts with an H. Hippolus or something like that. Uh-huh. There is a dynasty right. of Egyptian pharaohs leaders that were monotheistic. that were, the, that were mon, uh, yeah monotheistic and that they came from Canaan mm-hmm. and that this was him. That that's wh- why it is thought that Joseph found favor with him and with this particular pharaoh is that this particular pharaoh they shared the same roots mm. uh canaanite roots uh but anyway th- that's just a little thing but folks you can look it up and and 
Stacy's Googling it even <laughs> as we speak. We always She's going it, and looking at the Google. And, uh, but, okay, so he's down there. Hyksos. The hips, hip, Hyksos. Hyksos. The Hyksos dynasty of pharaohs in Egypt. You, you, can, you can look at a very, very interesting sidelight on this. But so Joseph goes down. He's in Pharaoh's household. His wife makes a play for him. He is he's totally does the right thing. He flees, but he leaves his jacket in her hands. And, and But she is, he's falsely accused. And under that pretense, then he's... You know, he's proclaimed guilty and put in prison. Mm -hmm. Then he tells, he meets the baker and the cupbearer of the Pharaoh, and he tells their dreams. Mm -hmm. The baker gets killed. He tells him that it's going to happen to him, and the the cupbearer is restored. And he tells, don't remember me when you get back into Pharaoh's household. And the cupbearer forgets him until someday, finally he remembers Hey, this guy told my dream because Pharaoh has a dream, and he can he can interpret dreams. And so the Pharaoh brings old Joseph out of prison, and he interprets his dream. And we'll come back and t- finish the story, as Stacy said, one of the most well-known stories, uh, perhaps in the Bible. We'll finish it though, and then uh, have some applications for it as we go through to our last segment here on the Bible Live broadcast. So don't go away. Stay right where you are. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. Listening to the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Walking with my Jesus hand in hand. Walking with my Jesus hand in hand. Woohoo! Yeah! <laughs> well, we put you, we torture you like that. Every, oh, thank you very much. <laughs> Well, we have some of these baptized uh, Christmas songs, I call them, converted Christian song, Christmas songs, I guess you call them. Uh, they're put popular secular Christmas songs, which I love as well, but they are with some Christ-centered, God-honoring lyrics in there. And uh, we have those every year, five or six of them, and I guess we'll be playing those in the Sundays to come uh, as we in Advent as we wait for the coming of Christmas. 
But if you'd like to get those and maybe use them at your Christmas party this uh, this month, later on, you can go to our website, thebiblelive.com, thebiblelive.com, and you can go there and look under, let me see, where would I find? I'll have to put those somewhere on. I, I either have them or I don't have them, but I will put them on there. And we'll, and we'll announce where those can be found. You can download them and then use them at your, uh, at your store. Maybe for Christmas, put yeah. it as a special pop, yeah, home page, on the home page. So yeah, okay, we'll to try find. to do that. Yes, it'll be easy to find, don't worry. All right, we'll make it easy. <laughs> anyway, let's get back. Let's finish up our consideration now, the book of Genesis. We've covered it all uh, in this past month. And so we're finishing up with the story of, of Joseph. He's down there. He's gotten put in prison. He tells, he uh, uh, reads, or what we do, he interprets, interprets the dreams of the baker and the uh, cupbearer, cup and uh, then they, the, the baker is beheaded. Evidently, the baker did do something wrong. Now, see, both of those people are in prison because they are the safeguards of the Pharaoh. They're the... You know, evidently, something, some there was some threat to the Pharaoh's life. You know, someone didn't like the Hyksos, <laughs> and uh, so the baker was beheaded. And uh, but the cupbearer was returned to his service in the palace. And time passes, and the Pharaoh has dreams about these cows that come out of the river and the skinny cows. He first there's some big fat cows, and then some skinny cows come and eat it, and then some some big grains of uh, stalks of grain come out they're big and healthy and then they get eaten by these scrawny little grains and so he he has his dream and and the cupbearer remembers that this guy named Joseph down in in prison uh and I don't how long does he have to be in prison 10 years or so I've forgotten I used yeah, to know exactly yeah. but it's a long time I mean we're not talking about some innocent little thing that this, this was long, painful ordeal yeah. for Joseph. Mm-hmm. And uh, but anyway, Pharaoh brings him up. And he does interpret the dreams, and it does. You're going to have seven years of um, plenty, seven years of prosperity, big crops, and then you're going to have follow, they'll be followed by seven years of of famine. And so he says, I I suggest that you build granaries and you build storage units and you keep the uh, the the grain stored from the years of plenty and that way you'll have grain in the years of famine and pharaoh does it it works out beautifully and he puts he puts joseph in charge of the entire operation and it works and joseph is the second most powerful man in Egypt and Egypt is the great power of the world at this time, especially after the famine hits and, and nobody has food and everyone's having to come to them for food, yeah. including our old friend Jacob, yeah. back up in 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 Canaan, back up in the uh, he he they found they're going to die. Interestingly, they're going to die. They would they would suffer the consequences of this famine. And they're Israel, remember? They're supposed to stay around and be a witness for God, Mm -hmm. their God, for the centuries. And then also the Messiah has to come through them. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's a lot riding here from their point of view, besides the fact that they'll just die without food. So then they have to go down into Egypt to ask for food. And you can read the story. You may know the story well. They make uh, two or three trips, actually. Uh, 
they don't recognize their brother, which is a little bit, I mean, a lot of years have passed, yeah. but and you would a, think. Uh, you know. He's been in prison. He's in a completely different culture and styles yeah. and fashion. He's and probably cut, he probably shaved his head like those. Right, yeah. And they didn't recognize he's him. He's got eyeliner hair. on. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, they don't recognize him, which I, I, a lot of years had passed. And, and I mean, who would have thought? I mean, it, uh, even in the one, one of them might have said, you know, have you ever noticed that guy looks an awful lot like but oh yeah, but they they figure Joseph is gone, you know. Uh, but anyway, he's manipulating them, and they play. You know, he plays sort of a little cruel jokes on them. He's trying to get Benjamin, his brother, down there. He wants to see his brother Benjamin, mm -hmm. and and so they go back, and all of this. Uh, Simeon stays, and then they go back, and they tell the. Dad, we've got to take Benjamin, and they go down. Uh, and the long story short, finally Benjamin, he weeps when he sees his brother. Uh, he tells them who he is, and, and of course, they're stunned <laughs> beyond. Uh, and, and actually, Judah yeah. admits before before Joseph and before his, his own dad, uh, he had, Judah owns up and, and admits his role and what they've done is wrong and and which is maybe that is the reason why you know, the tribe of judah the tribe of judah is honored and and uh becomes blessed uh now he, in, in he also takes responsibility for benjamin before his before it's so a judah to both to jacob and then and to joseph admits and takes on responsibility. Yeah, he puts his life uh -huh. in, in... Because Jacob didn't want to send Benjamin. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, it, it's it's a beautiful story in some ways in the sense that it works out beautifully. And yeah. they, are pr they are saved. Restoration. The family is saved. Uh, they go uh, 70, 72 of them go down uh, to Egypt. Uh, and they, they're given a place to live in, in the Goshen. Uh, the Egyptians... The native Egyptians looked down on 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 herdsmen, and and so, uh, but they, this Pharaoh gives them this this space to raise their their sheep, their herds in in the land of Goshen, and and uh, so they're they're in good stead. They're honored guests in the land of Egypt, and the, everything is ends up well. In the last uh, chapter, then we see, uh, of course, Jacob. Uh, has died now, or Israel has died, and then we see the death of Joseph, and so uh, soon I will die. Joseph tells his brothers, but God will surely come to help you and lead you out of this land of Egypt. He will, see, he will bring you back to the land he solemnly promised to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, our father. I guess, see, they know, they know this, mm -hmm. they know this promise. And they're hanging on to this. It's not just something, oh, Dad used to talk about this. Joseph hung on. He valued this promise, this yeah. uh, uh, this covenant that they made is with with this God. I mean, all these other and this is after years Egypt. They have different. Uh, yeah, after all of that, and it looks like you know it, it didn't look like God was at work. But even he tells his brothers, you know, you meant it for evil, but God. I mean, he never stopped worshiping mm -hmm. the God of his fathers, even in all those years, mm -hmm. down in that down in that prison cell. 
going through all of this he went through, being wrongly accused and falsely accused by Potiphar's wife, and all these things he went through, being forgotten by the by the baker or by the by the cupbearer, and it just it it he is an amazing, remarkable individual. His faith in God, he just didn't lose it, and and. and in spite of it all, he stayed in, in the saddle of faith. And he says, uh, then Joseph made his, the sons of Israel, the sons of Jacob, swear an oath. He said, when God comes to help, help you and lead you back to Canaan, the promised land, you must take my bones with you. So Joseph died at the age of 110. The Egyptians embalmed him and his body was placed in a coffin in Egypt. So the book that begins in a garden ends in a coffin in Egypt. You know, that's, that's the long, long journey of the book of Genesis. And it goes through these ups and downs and through the reality of the disappointment, the ugliness, and the difficulty of life. And he, he I, I guess that's, is that, would that be the story? Would that be the application for us? That this is a messy world and, 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 and you've got, you know these dim, these political parties, and you've got this COVID, and you've got these all of this manipulation, and this the big pharma, and this and that, and all of these. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean the things that people in the news that we're talking about, and the and the riots in Portland, and this and that, and trials, and so on and so on and so on, and and yet, in spite of it all, the I, is it, God is still at work. In our world today, yeah. in our nation, in our in our, in our hearts, yeah. in my uh, my life, in your life, yeah, absolutely. Let's go to our phone call before we run out of time. Let's get Alan on the line with us and kind of get Alan's perspective on this book of Genesis. Hi, Alan. Hi. I'm I so just glad have you a called. Thank you. Comment. Sure. Can you hear me? Yes, we hear you uh, beautifully. Uh, the the most inspiring thing to me about the, the story of Joseph in, in Genesis is that he was never visited by the angel of the Lord like his father and grandfather were. And he still, through all the things he went through, he still kept trusting in, in, in God. I hadn't thought of that, but you're exactly right. There was, we're not told of any special appearances of angels to, re, to confirm, to reassure him. Nothing like that happens, and unless, yet, unless in prison or, yeah. <laughs> or in the dreams, maybe. Well, we do have the dreams, but I mean, I, I guess that was you know, came in at the end. But uh, but you're right, Alan. Yeah. I, I agree. I I, yeah. I had not I had not come to that thought before that he didn't have any particularly special revelation that right. that caused him to be able to kind of keep trusting God. He just somehow found right. he valued he valued that covenant. He valued that that mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know if it had to do with his special relationship with his dad or why, but Joseph kept the faith. He stayed in the saddle even through all that difficulty and uh and, and in the end he was used as great blessing to not only his own family, his own people yeah. but now, now maybe something the Bible doesn't talk about. Maybe he, God told him to hold somehow, but right. you know, I just wanted to share that. Yeah, you're right, though. You're exactly right. 
There was no particular supernatural, unless those dreams about the stars bowing to him and so on, <laughs> evidently those were quite impressive to him. They did make an impact, mm-hmm. unless there was something yeah. about them that that would do it. But it, it I don't know. I, I, I agree with you, though. I, I think it's a great observation. Thank you, Alan, for calling. Yeah. Okay, you're welcome. Uh, I'm a, enjoying your Christmas. a great Thanksgiving and a wonderful Christmas season. Thanks, Alan. Yeah. I will. I did and I will. I also think it's interesting Uh um, that with Joseph, you do lose the the direct kind of, you kind of lose a little bit of track in terms of the family and the lineage. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Joseph marries an Egyptian priest's daughter, and so he marries an Egyptian. And uh, it, it kind of goes from, once it goes from to Joseph and once the Israel is in Egypt, they truly do just multiply and become a great nation. There's no, the, the sons of Joseph are, and then the sons of yeah. are. Well, it happens in, and that's funny too, that it happens in Egypt. And we're going yeah. to see that now as we move on into the book of, of Exodus. In the first chapters we've already seen in the book of Exodus that, uh, that indeed Joseph has two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, and and uh, right. like like their grandfather Jacob, who gained precedence over Esau, mm-hmm. his older brother, uh, Ephraim the younger is going to have uh, okay. dominion over the old Manasseh, but they become two. That's why they're called the half tribes of Manasseh and and Ephraim. Because the, the they now occupy a space for Joseph, the, they're taking his place. So now there's thirteen, <laughs> thirteen actual brothers, but two of them are half. Right. Oh, I don't know how you'd explain that. <laughs> but anyway, uh, there they are. That's that's the story. Uh, it's an amazing thing how God gets them down into Egypt. But now they're going to live there for well uh, over four hundred years, and and. Uh, we're told back in Genesis chapter 15, um, if you, and I don't know if you forgot this or not, folks, but way back in Genesis chapter 15, in the chapter that talks about when Abraham has this covenant with God, God's covenant promise to Abraham, remember where he walks through, where God goes through mm-hmm. the carcasses, uh, he, tells, he told uh, Abraham way back then that you're going to be uh, down there and you're after four generations, your descendants will return here to this land uh, for the, the, son, the sins of the Amorites do not yet uh, warrant their destruction. So he tells Abraham, you can be sure your descendants will be strangers in a foreign land where they'll be oppressed as slaves for 400 years. But I will punish the nation that enslaves them, and in the end they will come away with great wealth. Now, we'll see that when we get into the book of Exodus, how they gained that great wealth coming out of Egypt. But uh, there it is, way back to his father, his grandfather, Abraham. Already it is predicted all of this, not the details of how they got to Egypt and so on, but that they're going to be down in Egypt. They'll come out of Egypt, be brought back to Canaan, into the promised land, and that by that time, the sins of the Canaanites, the Amorites, and those the immorality and the perversions and the, the injustice and the cruelty of those nations will be ripe for God's judgment. And he'll use the people of Israel as an instrument of judgment on those nations as they come back to the promised land, just as he's going to later on use the Babylonians right. as an instrument of judgment on the people of Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it, it, it is um, it is an amazing thing, but it's it's going to keep on being amazing. The whole book, this book, <laughs> is just full of amazing. We've gone from one amazing book of Genesis. Now we're going to go into another amazing book of Exodus and see how God brings them out of those after those four hundred years of bondage of slavery mm-hmm. in in um, in Egypt. That's my story. And, and <laughs> that's the story, story, and we're going to stick to it. This that's, is my song, and, Praising My Savior All the Day Long. All the day long. And I, and I think it, the, the, the thing is, Stacey, is we started off our program tonight thinking, well, what? It's so messy, and so what is the lesson we get from this? And I, I, I don't know that I can put it into. Well, I think what you might be struggling with a little bit is this, well, I, I don't know, maybe this seeming only seemingly uh, the arbitrary in other words um how do our actions then affect change what is the relationship between what we're doing and what god's doing is god going to do what he's going to do no matter what we do or can we play what is our role what is our yeah mm -hmm. now we have to play a role but it may not be the role we think it's going to be. I mean, right. I, mean I, I don't think Joseph knew right. that he was playing a role here. Maybe it's the kind of the being able to, so there's, your, there's my life, there's my individual life and kind of how my, my walk with the Lord, my journey, and then there's the, the, the story of the world <laughs> and, the, mm-hmm. and the overarching and kind of how those two relate to one another. And uh, I don't know, maybe practically speaking, it's really not our job to concern, to be worried about what God is doing on the grand scale because it's beyond anything we can understand. I mean, his ways are higher than our ways, and he just knows so much more. I love that, you know, if you knew everything that God knew about you and about uh you would want exactly what he wants for your life. You yeah. Would, if you knew everything, but, but we, we don't. But we don't. And so, our, you know, our all we really can do is in that moment, every little day, every moment, taking it to the Lord, choosing Him as best as we can, and being humble when we do mess up, seeking quick repent, quick repentance, quick mm. forgiveness. And Don't doubt in the darkness what God has shown us in the light. Right. You know, trust that sort of thing. Me, right, and trust that where you are exactly where he, he wants you to be. You you cannot be outside of his presence. There's no way you can no. mess it up so much that he's not going to redeem it, work, work yeah, it out. And that's true not only because he's sovereign, omnipotent God, and he's that way about every being right. every creative be- even those who reject him he's that right. but particularly and especially to the people of the covenant the people of his of his people right. that particularly we have a right. specific promise yeah. to us and you know right. that's, that's so interesting because I, I mean i had a dream you know uh, you know my background a little orphan kid passed around to 16 families put in a home for boys homeless and delinquent boys when i was six years old and and so on and so on I came to faith in Christ when I was seven or eight years old. And I, and all those years, I had a dream. God is my father. God's going to use me. God's going to, he's going to do something with my life. God is, you know, sir, I want to serve God. And I mean, I had no visions of grandeur, no thought ever that I would travel the world, see countries of the world, 
take the gospel to Mongolia, this, that, and the other. I had no dream. But but I had that dream. I stay, Just stay with that dream. Walk the dream, out the dream that God has given you. What is that dream God has given you? And just walk it out faithfully. As well, best, and, and oftentimes. And he'll see, you'll see it. Yeah, well, I mean, and oftentimes, you, you know, it's choosing to love your spouse. It's choosing to change a diaper it's choosing to make that meal and deliver it and nobody even knew it was homemade they thought maybe you went to the store and bought it but no <laughs> you spent hours in the kitchen oh uh, she says that with such conviction <laughs> I, is, is there something happened at thanksgiving I that homemade <laughs> that meal i'm just kidding um but you know some uh, oftentimes it and maybe it's that prison experience or it's mm-hmm. whatever to you might feel as if you're not doing anything it might have been a disappointment it might have been be, a failure it might be the great yeah it might be but he he is working and and trusting and maybe you know joseph when he had those dreams early on and then he spent those like you know i think it was 15 or 17 mm-hmm. years in prison you know Maybe I was wrong, or maybe God doesn't love me, or maybe I've been abandoned. Or maybe, and no, no, he's 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 working it out. He's building character. <laughs> I had a, a coach that always used to say that, and I would hate it. <laughs> well, anytime she would say your character is being built, I knew that I I wasn't going to be happy. <laughs> I'm not going to like <laughs> I'm this. I'm not going <laughs> to like this. But it's true, you know. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, you know, he's refining us. He, it's not. It's it's not for necessarily even the here and the in the now he's he's building and creating and molding us into he's the potter right we're the clay uh in into a future glory really um and we might never see the fruits we might never really see ultimately what our purpose is until here. we're until yeah. glory <laughs> until he takes us to the promised land that's right all right wonderful stace those are and that's, I, I think that is a faithful rendering and understanding of this wonderful book of Genesis. We're going to go on and continue through the book of Exodus now, seeing how God brings them out of Egypt after those 400 years. Hope that you'll make the journey with us, thebiblelive.com. Go there, listen to it with us, and we'll see you back here next Sunday to talk all about it. God bless. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas, 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 930 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Live Quiz Show. Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and the Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.